If you're tired of the superficial and you're craving real conversation about life, relationships, fears, doubts, and the divine in the middle of it, this is the place for you. My name is Anna Dimmel, and I'm a blogger, writer, and former pastor. And it's my passion to build bridges, not walls, through honest, real conversation and connection. And I want that for you. This is the show that will help you do that and give you not only inspiration and connection, but will help you leave the superficial for good and form the real connections you're craving. Your story matters, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Anna Dimmel. I am honored to be with you today. Today, we are talking all about our bodies. And for so many of you, you are fully on board with your mind and your spirit. But the idea of body being an equal partner in those three areas probably is a little bit off. For me, it's been extremely off. I grew up in purity culture. I have had many issues where I allowed people to mistreat, misuse my body in ways that were not good for me. And at the end of all of that, you kind of end up out of your body and completely disconnected with body, especially connected with the idea of body being good. We're going to talk about all of that today. And I am so glad that you're joining us on this important episode because This, to me, has been a game changer in my spiritual practice this year. It's been huge for me. So I'm excited to get into that topic. This episode is brought to you today by Alice Ranker. She is a supporter of this podcast. She's a friend of mine, and I am so thankful for Alice, and I just enjoy her presence in this community so much. If you are interested in supporting this work, you can find out more about that on my website, just at jesusfollower.com and clicking on the button Patreon. Also, I will soon be, at least my personal page, will be off of Facebook and I'm kind of hovering more over in the Instagram area. I'll still have my author page up on Facebook, but if you haven't found me on Instagram, come find me, come say hi. I love connecting with people through that platform, and I like sharing pictures of my kiddos, too. It's kind of fun. So if we haven't connected there, reach out to me. I would love to find you. All that being said, let's dive into this episode. Here we go. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today we're talking all about our bodies. And you probably know this. We are made of three important parts. We're made of our mind, our spirit, and our body. And for most of my life, I was taught to put a lot of emphasis on spirit, a lot of emphasis on my mind. And my body was kind of just this afterthought that was never really talked about. I don't think there were any ill intentions there. I don't think anybody was specifically trying to make me have this weird image of body. But in the environment that I was in, and I think a lot of us were in this environment where the body was something to be afraid of. 
I was taught that the body is filled with lust. The body is filled with emotions and things that will will drive me to do bad. I was taught that my body was something to deny, deny myself and follow Christ, which is a beautiful passage, but often taken out of context when we're discussing body. I was taught that my body was something to not only fear, but something to control, something to manage, something to be on top of. My body was the part that was filled with the most sin. My body was the part filled with the most flesh. And I remember a whole bunch of verses and sermons and messages all centered around denying the flesh and how the flesh is something that we need to just get rid of and think in terms of spirit instead of in terms of body. So to me, the idea of spirit and body were not one and the same as in a central threesome unit of mind, body, and spirit, but instead body and spirit were in conflict with one another. They were at war with each other. So I was taught to honor spirit, I had to deny body. And if I gave in to the desires of my body and of my flesh, then I would be denying spirit. I don't know that it was ever phrased that way to me, but that was the message implied. And I think for many people, especially those of you who grew up in a purity culture, or maybe you were even a parent who was encouraging a purity culture like mindset, that was the undercurrent. Joshua Harris wrote that book, I Kissed Dating Goodbye. And if you if you read it like I did, maybe you laughed at it. Maybe it became your mantra. But for me, it was like the Bible of dating. For me, it was like, oh, this is the right way. This is the godly way. And a lot of the themes inside that book are represented by the purity culture movement, which was deny your body, deny your flesh, and instead follow your spirit. Teach your mind to follow spirit. Teach your mind to deny body. So here we are, this this amazing creation that God himself designed, and we have three equally vital important parts of our mind, our body, and our spirit. And yet, So many of us were taught that we should really only pay attention to the two parts and ignore the third. And this can set us up for a lot of issues because that third element of your being is just as important as your mind. It's just as important as feeding your spirit. Your body not only has hunger pains, which for me, I was taught to overcome those through fasting and prayer and things like that. So we have these needs to eat, but the body also has a lot of other needs. It has sexual needs. It has emotional needs. It has stress needs. It has physical needs. The body carries the weight of our spirit and our mind. Our body is the sanctuary of the spirit. When you look at it in those terms, all of a sudden, it's like, wait a second. So the body it's not bad. (laughs) The body is actually sacred, holy ground. It is. 
it is. And I want us to explore that ground today because I think many of us have a lot of issues that we probably don't even fully know that we have with our bodies simply because we were taught wrong. We were taught not to listen to our bodies. We were taught to ignore and deny and punish our bodies. We were not taught to protect, to honor, to nurture, to cherish, to guard, to feed our bodies. I want to introduce the idea of spirit intertwined with our bodies because As I said, our body is the house of our spirit. And when our body is not well, our spirit is not well. Equally, when our spirit and our mind are not well, our body is not well. All three work in harmony with one another. So when you deny one, the other two will suffer. If you are not well in your mind, your spirit and your body will suffer. If you are not well in your spirit, your mind and your body suffer. And if you are not well in your body, your mind and your spirit suffer. This seems like such an obvious concept, this idea of three. When you come from a religious background, like so many of us do, where we're taught that the three in one, right? The Trinity of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're taught that we are made in the image of this God that is made in a Trinity-like fashion. And so the idea of being made three in one should be so easy to digest. And when you look at Father, Son, Holy Spirit, are any of them better than the other? Are any of them bad? No, the idea throughout the faith of Christianity and the the mode of Scripture is that all three work in harmony together. It's a beautiful picture of unity. It's a beautiful picture of fluidity and oneness. Likewise, this is how we are made. I remember having thoughts of myself being good and holy and pure and being taught that I had to teach my body to be in order with that. And so when you're a teenager and you're in a purity culture and you are in a group of teenagers who are all hormonal, right? Everybody's like checking each other out and thinking everybody's hot. And yet we all are like, no, we must deny our flesh and we must sacrifice it on the altar of of this God that we serve. I went to a, um, a, was it Teen Mania? I think it was. I went to a conference there and they had, of course, the big push for purity. And they had this moment where they asked you to commit yourself to dating only Jesus for a year. And for anybody who's in high school or middle school, 
That's a big ask because high school, middle school, those are the ages where you are exploring dating. You're exploring crushes and feelings and drives and impulses. Like all of that starts to blossom at that age. And so the ask of someone to say, deny all of those urges, deny all of those feelings, deny the excitement of exploring dating. That's a big thing to deny because you're physiologically, you're made to start wanting that at those ages. But I was the good Christian girl, right? I was going to do the hard ask. Just like when they said to start fasting, I was like, I will fast. I can deny my body, my flesh. I did the same thing with dating. Now, I I found some loopholes that year. I will not deny that. I shamelessly flirted and I had tons of little side projects that I would never commit myself to dating, but I certainly behaved as though I was dating. Um, But the idea was still there that I was supposed to be ignoring, suppressing, denying this large part of my physiological body on the altar of spirit. That was an interesting year because two things I learned. One is that all of the guys in my school got really cute when I knew I couldn't date them. And two, you can't make yourself not be attracted to people. (laughs) You can't make yourself not want to be engaged sexually. Like it's just part of the way we're made, especially when you are at those ages. I learned those two things and that sent a clear message to me that those two things were things that were bad because for some reason I couldn't seem to make them not a part of me. When you begin thinking that your sexuality is bad, that your body wanting things is bad, it can morph itself into a lot of dysfunction. For many people, they fall into into sexual repression that can explode itself in all kinds of harmful, addictive behaviors. For other people, it turns into the self-loathing thing where they despise their bodies, where you get eating disorders and you get self-harm. You get a whole plethora of issues towards destroying this beautiful body and temple and sacred being that you have. I empathize for for those who fall into that. And I've known many people who have. There is no shame around any of this conversation. I get it. I get it. When you're taught that you can't and your body is physiologically made to do that thing, your body can go crazy. Your mind can go crazy. Your spirit can go crazy. It all suffers. The beautiful thing about our bodies is that They're made right. Everything in your body is made right. But it's our job to balance it, to feed it, to nourish it, to take care of it, to keep it healthy. Part of my way of expressing my issues with my body was to rebel against the rules around me. And I wouldn't say, when I say rebel, I wouldn't say I went absolutely 
crazy, but for the homeschooled kid that I was, I definitely pushed my boundaries much further than any of my equal friends did and way further than my parents ever knew about. But that was my way of kind of sticking it to the system. As I grew older, it's interesting how I've been able to thread this pattern together in my life because once I did engage in relationships and eventually engagements and marriage, this idea of my body being something that wasn't good bled into other areas. When I found myself in relationships where my partner was not honoring my body, where my partner was degrading it, abusing it, not treating it well, I didn't resist that. There was a part of me that I learned was okay with someone else treating my body poorly because somewhere in my mind, my body was bad. This was a hidden thing. It's not like it was something on the surface and nothing that I could have recognized then. But I look back now and I see how much I allowed other people to not treat my body well simply because the foundation was not set for me to honor it in the right way. And I allowed abuse. I allowed my body to be used. I allowed my body to be an afterthought. And imagine that when I was taught Mind and spirit were the most important things. Now, I guarded both of those with my life, but my body, eh. It was, again, it was this afterthought thing that had things that weren't good about it. So what about me would feel the need to make sure others treated it well when, for all I knew, it was something to be managed. It was something to be contained. It was something that wasn't right. I see now how much I allowed abusive people, unhealthy people, unwell people to plant seeds of thought in my head that were wrong about my image and that were wrong about my body. Now, my spirituality when people tried to pick at that, and even still, I, I tend to receive messages from people who don't like or appreciate my take on God and spirituality and things, it doesn't bother me because I'm so secure in that part of me. My spirit, it's like I've built this little battlefield fortress around it and I'm, I'm just unmovable. Pretty much the same is true about my mind. I have protected my mind very thoroughly. And, and a lot of that is done through, of course, a lot of reading, a lot of good teachings, a lot of good meditation practices, things like that, that I really try to guard my headspace. And those I feel like I've done a decent job protecting throughout the years, but my body, I don't think I had any tools, nor did I know that I needed tools. It was just, again, this afterthought. So here I am now in this season of life where I'm beginning to wake up to the idea of what I talked about at the beginning, the body being as equally as important as the spirit and 
the mind. This idea has completely revolutionized so much for me simply because I'm realizing how many decisions I've made and I've allowed other people to make towards me because this part of my life was out of balance. I've um, begun working out a lot and that has nothing to do with body image. That actually has to do with stress. (laughs) They say working out a lot helps, you know, your endorphins and stress levels. And this last year has been a doozy. And so a lot of my, a lot of my come down time has been spent running or doing yoga. And that's how I've dealt. But I recently started making meditation a practice daily. And, and I've talked about this some in the Facebook group also, I've, I mean, I've meditated here and there, but I've really committed lately to, again, for stress reasons, making that part of my daily practice. And what is so interesting is once you get in the flow of meditation, it gets easier and you start really connecting with spirit and, and you begin to see and hear things that you wouldn't have otherwise been open to. One day I was meditating and and I like guided meditation meditations because my brain can kind of wander. So the guided meditation I was doing that day was all about acceptance, self-acceptance. And I was like, this one will be good, right? And and we're I'm in the zone, right? I'm meditating and they're talking about accepting yourself as you are, accepting your body just as it is, being patient with it, being kind and loving towards it. And and I know this sounds kind of woo-woo and silly, but I'm not kidding you. I was sitting there, I'm meditating and I'm listening to these words. And all of a sudden I realized how out of touch I've been with those ideas. The simple idea of accepting my body as good. I don't think I've ever thought that. And not in a body like image, but in a flesh-like thing, like that, again, that it's this bad thing I need to to beat into submission or something. And as I was sitting there listening to this meditation practice, and I'm opening my heart and my mind to the idea of my body being worth being accepted, tears just burned my eyes because I... And I, because I usually close my eyes when I'm meditating, but I opened them at that moment and I, I looked down, of course I was cross-legged with my hands on my knees and I looked down at my hands and my feet and my legs. And I was like, this body has been through so much. These hands have held babies and nurtured them and fed them and loved them. And these legs and these feet have have walked and they've run and they've walked out of relationships and walked into relationships and moved across cities and carried burdens for people. And I, I looked at this body of mine and I wept because I realized how undervalued I've seen it. It's not about the shape or the size or the color or any of that. It's it's about where the body has been. It's about what the body holds, what the body feels. My body 
has lived and felt and carried me through so much good and so much hard. And I haven't even taken the time to appreciate that. I appreciate loads of things about other people. But the moment I started engaging with my own skin, it was like a conversation I'd had for the very first time. You know how they say when you've been through trauma that you need to get back in your body? Um, I've heard that phrase a lot. I've heard that in trauma therapy. I've, I think I've even had guests on this show that talk about that, that when you experience trauma, a lot of us, especially when it's childhood trauma, we go outside of ourselves, right? And it's kind of like when you remember the trauma, it's as though you're watching it from afar, almost like a dreamlike sense, um, where you're not connected to the feelings or emotions of it. You just are watching your body go through whatever the thing was. When you have that coping method, as so many of us do, it's very easy to become disconnected to your skin. Literally, like, you start living that way. You're not living present in your flesh and bones. You're living outside of yourself because you've disconnected with being in your body because it was too painful or too scary or whatever. This is why so many people now are are practicing the art of healing our body and healing the stress and trauma that our bodies carry. Like literally your body carries wounds and emotional pain from your childhood. It's stored in your body. It's the science behind that is fascinating. I don't have time to get into all of it. Um, We had a guest, I think it was the first season of this podcast. I had a guest on that talked all about that. It was just fascinating. So look that episode up if you'd like. But our bodies are so significant in how we handle and hold our experiences. And so for many of us, we've checked out of our bodies like decades ago. We're just, we're not present in them. And so when I was in that state of meditation and I was focused on nothing other than my skin, my bones, my flesh, it was like I was in my body for the first time. And this is coming out of my mouth sounding really weird, but I don't know any other words to explain it other than I felt present again. And you don't know that you're unpresent until you're present, right? Kind of like with the whole spirituality thing. You don't know you're awake, you're asleep until you're awake, right? Like all of a sudden it's like, whoa, I've been asleep my whole life and now everything is in color and I'm awake. I felt that way with my body. Like I'm, I'm feeling my skin for the first time. And I... And I felt this um, this grief and this repentance-like thing of, like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to my own body that I haven't been present for you, that I haven't loved you and nurtured you the way that you've needed because I've been so elsewhere in my head. I have not been present. I've just been, like, dragging this this carcass around like that's how it that's how all of a sudden it it looked in that moment it looked like the last decade of my life I've been dragging this carcass of skin and bones around 
but not being present in it. And I finally felt connected to it. In that moment, I realized the value of this precious temple that we've been given, which is our body. And everything from the smallest things to the biggest things have shifted for me. Even in my workouts, which again, that was something I did anyway. But now, like when I'm working out, it's not that I'm angry that my body doesn't look a certain way or I'm punishing my body for eating the ice cream the night before or whatever. It's I literally am looking in a mirror on a treadmill running and thanking my legs for everything they've done for me and thanking my heart for beating inside my chest every day, thanking the air for going in and out of my lungs and keeping me calm, thanking my hands for continuing to work, thanking my arms for continuing to hold things that were too heavy. I am engaging in this practice of being present with myself for the first time. It's healing and it's freeing. And and I say that separately because it's a two-sided gift. There's the gift of healing, which I started experiencing when I was meditating that day, where I needed to reconcile some things within myself. I needed to accept some things inside myself that I thought were wrong my whole life. I needed to accept the way I'm made outside and inside as good, as perfect, as holy. I needed to to heal by, by disagreeing with those in my life who have said demeaning, condescending things to me in the context of intimacy, in the context of monogamy or supposed monogamy, because they were unhealthy. And I just became this garbage bag that absorbed the vomit. I needed to apologize to my body for allowing those things to happen to it. And when I did that, it was so therapeutic. It was so freeing and healing because no one has taken the time to apologize to my body. And if you're still with yourself and you think about the people who have abused, taken advantage of, misused, violated, demeaned your body, I bet the list of apologies is pretty short because people who engage in those types of behaviors are usually unwell. That's why they behave that way. So they're not going to be in this place of, unless they go through recovery and healing to where they would offer you a genuine apology. So by apologizing to your own body, it's like freeing. There's two players in every relationship. And and I have been in abusive relationships and I understand that those are very one-sided and you just become the doormat and they do the walking. I get it. I've been there. But I also know that in abusive relationships, speaking from experience, 
a lot of us choose to stay way past the expiration date. A lot of us, whether it be verbal or physical abuse, a lot of us choose to hope for the best. And there's no shame in that. When you love, you love. And there's no shame in hoping for the best until it comes at your own expense. And that is where two players become involved. You have the abuser and you have the one receiving the abuse and continuing to receive their abuse. I needed to apologize and make amends with myself for continuing to receive abuse. I had to own my part. And in doing that, in apologizing to myself and making peace with that, it it brings up this protective barrier where you're like, I meant that apology and I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to allow someone to cross those lines again because I now value this sacred body that I have. I value it so much that the lines now are really clear. And if those lines are crossed, there will be consequences, such as me removing myself from that scenario. I'm not doing that again. Jesus says, one of his famous words, he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Beautiful passage. In my life, I tended to hear the first part and not the second part, which is love your neighbor. I, I've done that. I do that. I got that down. The second part of loving yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, no. The, I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to love my neighbor. <laughs> sure, I love myself, right? There's a reason he said those two things together. Love your neighbor as you love yourself implies that you are loving yourself well. It implies that you're loving yourself enough to defend yourself, protect yourself, shelter yourself, feed yourself, nurture yourself, be kind to yourself, compassionate to yourself, forgiving to yourself, patient with yourself, loving to yourself. There's a reason he said it that way, because if you don't, Love yourself like that. You cannot love your neighbor like that, at least not long-term. You'll fizzle out or you'll be taken advantage of or you'll be abused. It doesn't work. So I'm learning now how to love myself first well. And out of that, with healthy boundaries and with healthy limitations and firm expectations, I can love others so much better. Not only that, but I can actually be in relationships that aren't just one-sided. So this, when I say the framework of healing, this is so healing, but it is also freeing. It's freeing because when you begin to move out of the space of self-experience, acceptance to where you are accepting your body as good, as holy, as pure. And I know that that statement alone can make a lot of people squirm. They're like, oh, no, my body's not pure. My body is not holy. Listen, when God made you, he said, this is good. 
This is good. You are not made wrong. You are not made unholy. You are not made impure. You are not made as a mistake. You are beautifully and perfectly designed without fault, without flaw. Are you perfect in your choices all the time? No, none of us are. But God said we were made this way and it was good. It is good that you stumble and fall because you learn. That is how we learn. I talked about that in the last podcast. Mistakes are good. It means you're showing up. It means you're learning. It means you're growing. And if you stumble into a habitual pattern that's unhealthy, you learn to raise a hand and ask for help. You learn humility. You learn patience with the process of recovery. Healing your body takes time. Healing patterns takes time. It takes time to form new ones. But listen, your body in its unique state of the way it was created was good. It was good and it is good. When you embrace that part of the story where spirit is good, mind is good, and body is equally as good as spirit, not because you're shaming it into obedience, not because you're condemning the hell out of it, but because you recognize that as it was created, just like your spirit was created good, your mind was created good, your body's created good, end of story, period. No ifs, ands, or buts. It's good. When you accept that, my God, it's like a whole new lease on life. Your sexuality is good. It's a part of you that is good, that was made right. It was made right. Your needs are good. They were made for a reason. They're good. So long as your needs aren't hurting yourself or somebody else, you're good. You're good. So moving into the space of realizing that this sexual part of us is good, that the skin and bones we're in is worth honoring and valuing and treating with respect, it is like all of a sudden you feel whole. And imagine that, all three parts of you working in harmony. <laughs> imagine that. I, I cannot, I cannot emphasize enough how valuable meditating has been to caring for all three of those things at the same time, my mind, my body, my spirit. And I will put a link um, in the show notes to this episode of the guided meditation that I follow. She's fantastic. And I know I've, I've shared her link with a, free of you, a few of you already, but um, it's so good. It's like 10 minutes a day. You deserve that. You can do 10 minutes a day. It is centering and it is so therapeutic for all three parts of you. Setting my day with that has been life-changing. Caring for myself as in how I eat and how I work out and how I engage with people, all the things. I have this empowerment behind it that feels so life-giving. You know, I used to feel like 
oh, I can't eat gluten. I'm gluten-free for those of you who don't know because my body hates gluten. Like I can't have any gluten because my body hates me. Like I would say stuff like that. And you know what? Screw that. No, my body does not hate me. My body doesn't like gluten. I'm going to honor my body. I'm not going to go, you know, gorge on pasta and be sick for three days because I actually value my body. We're going to do something different. (laughs) Like, it's just this mind shift of I am not being punished in my body every day. I have an opportunity to show up and honor this skin, this presence that I carry every day. You have a presence that you carry every day. But I venture a guess that a lot of you are not living in your skin because of some stuff you've been through, because of some things you've been taught. Showing up for your mind, your body, and your spirit, all three with equal value, is a game changer. I love you all. Thank you for sharing this time for me. It's an honor to get to spend this time with you. And I I pray and I hope that you were encouraged and blessed by this. Go in peace. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. You can find my blog and links to my Instagram and Facebook account on my website at justajesusfollower.com. I hope you join us next week for another raw, honest conversation. In the meantime, go in peace and know that you are enough.